1: There was something there that was so raw where I was like, wow, I can't believe someone would say that.
2: Let's go there on Going There with Dr. Mike, brought to you by Sound Mind Live and the Consequence Podcast Network every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hello, everybody. I'm David Frangione, and welcome to this week's Modern Drummer Podcast. How great is this? So this is Narda Michael Walden's First of many, Narda Michael Waldens upbeat. His guest this week is none other than Will Calhoun. So without further hesitation, here's Narda.
3: How are you, Will? Life is beautiful, Narda. Life is yeah. beautiful, man. Under the circumstances, I'm gonna I'm gonna change this around so I can get a better Yes. You know, considering the circumstances, man, everything yes. is good. You know, we gotta yeah. we gotta recreate the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So um uh, uh, a little shuffling of the deck, yes, and and uh, uh, doing some things from home, and you know, I'm starting to get some calls to play out in venues without an audience. So we're doing some <sighs> streaming. The Blue Note call. I'm going to do the Blue Note at the end of the yeah. month with no audience. Oh. It's gonna be
2: international streaming.
3: <laughs> okay, so, okay. But, you
2: know, well, you know, I'll take it now. At this point, man. I know, brother. That's right. I want you to know you're the first guest on my show called the called Upbeat.
3: Wow. Well, this show you. is
2: called Upbeat, and you're my first guest ever. Well,
3: <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. That's a good yeah. thing.
2: The reason I want you to be my first guest, I'm so happy you are my first guest, I love your energy. Uh, when I see you play, you bring the spirit of music that I love, which is hard-hitting and sensitive at the same time. You're extremely powerful, yet you're also extremely sensitive. That combination is my favorite, and I'm so happy that you said yes to come today on the show, and just let us know your philosophy about life and what inspires you. So, anything you want to say? I want to open the floor to you. Oh well,
3: thank you, man. Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful thing, now for you to say that, and I, I want to say yeah. thank you. Yeah. Uh, um, I think drumming is is a, is is life, yeah, in many ways, and it's very important to be to be tough, and it's very important to be sensitive because. It's difficult to understand the true definitions of both of those worlds unless you can really exist in both. That's right. You know, it's that's that's really really important. That's right. I think my community now. That I've been really blessed. Um, grew up in the Northeast Bronx, very lovely community, as you know. Great musicians, uh, uh, Raymond Chute lived around the corner. His backyard faced my backyard. Love Frank Raymond. Jordan lived around the corner from me great drummer. Yeah. Uh, the drummer who started hip hop, Arrow Pumpkin Bedwood live a few blocks away. So I was really fortunate between my neighbors. Um, uh, there was a, ne- a man named Mr. Palumba, he, he came straight here from Italy Opened the first music school in the Northeast Bronx, it's still there on Hill Road today, yeah. Palumba music. So we had an actually music school, but all of our parents believed in the arts and education. So the beautiful community, Jewish summer camps, uh um the clubs that we hung out in to play all of those other people's parents that chipped in having friends from the caribbean and south america so when i visited my friends my friend's dad would say well you got to listen to Cachao, you <laughs> to listen to the Puente live 1956 you know uh, all of this beautiful ex- experience and i was around tough guys i know. You know and 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 um and the tough guys respected me because i was a great athlete but they more respected me because i didn't do I didn't do the drug thing. I didn't do the hanging out kind of a thing, but I was into the knowledge of the street. It right. drove my mom crazy. Right. Because I felt like hustlers were just as fascinating to me as jazz musicians. Right. In many ways. So, right. Uh, and, and, and hustlers gave you the most direct, real knowledge about life. They would sit you down and say, Don't do what I'm doing. This is what happens. Mm-hmm. This is what crime will get you. They did it. Right. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. told me, Will, yeah. You can't do this. This is not for you. It's not your game. My, my job is to educate you with this information, but I would rather any day now to sit down and talk to one of those guys. If I had a problem with my life mm-hmm. or uh, my personal life or my finances or my family, because those, what I loved about those guys is they never, ever BS you yeah. ever.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
3: you I can got you. only count on raw information. So between all of the beauty, you know, a little bit of of the edginess now that I had to choose my cards. You know, I had to pull the right cards out of the deck Mm -hmm. and say, this is, what can I take from the Jewish summer camps? What can Mm -hmm. I take from Mr. Palumba's Music school? What can I take from having Steve Jordan and Ray Chu live in my neighborhood? You know, and and what can I take from the guys that were out hustling to make it, to get the best bits of those camps to invest in that, invest in that energy for myself. So I can share the positive sides of those choices with other people.
2: Right. What is it, Will, that makes New York such a great place for music? What is it about New York and the water and the air and the energy of the people that makes you such a great musician?
3: (laughs) Man, it's just so, you can't avoid other people and other cultures and other sounds and other smells and other food. You can try to, they have four, six block radius. If you want to kind of be your own person, but you can't avoid it when you event, when you go to see somebody in a club, it could be from France, they could be from Harlem. And the thing that's fascinating about New York is with all of our boroughs and we, and you hear us joke about each other in songs, it's almost minor cultures, you know, being from the Bronx, I can I can look at a guy from Harlem from twenty blocks away and say that guy's from Harlem. Mm-hmm. It's his walk, okay. It's the way he talks, and Harlem cats on just like bronze. Okay. That. Okay. Right. Bronx. Okay. Okay. Bronx cats do just like. We go to clubs and we go out. We can look in Queens for a while. So I know you can. It's it's one of those things where what makes it so hip is it is a real real real. Uh, uh, community. It's a real mixture, for real. Yes, Yes. there's segregation. Yes, you deal with racism. Yes, you deal with alienation. But for the most part, now that you can't get on a train and and take a train a couple of stops in Manhattan without rubbing into somebody maybe you're not familiar with or hear a foreign language. And when you grow up around this, the wall comes down between you're hating with people because you're accustomed, whether you like it or not, you're accustomed to the different energies the different tempos different sounds and then they have these little, little small communities too that just do salsa right just do the mexican mariachi uh-huh. just do jazz uh-huh. just do hip-hop so you have these little, if you want the if you want just a hardcore you want you want the hamburger without any bread
2: if uh-huh. you go to those locations
3: <laughs> and you just and you, <laughs> and you just get it that way you know yeah. so that's that's the idea man of, of um of, of having it that that and 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 it's like that with everything now it's like that with sports it's like that if you're a professor uh, anything it's all it's all you know it's all good all the way around but i think that's what makes new york special and then now when somebody's burning and somebody's new or a new hot form of music you know there's whatever you hear about like okay there's a new killing guitar player in town Within 24 hours, you can have access to that cat. Wow, but there's a I love new, it. there's a new, there's a new cat from from a, 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 a Japan trumpet right. player. Man, he's killing. It. Yeah, and within 48 hours, if you don't get his name and his number, you'll be able to find out where he's playing.
2: Right. New York City has an immediacy factor. I know you would also tell stories about when you would walk to school. Uh, I was very fascinated. If you just can just quickly talk about the adventures you had walking to school, how it, it forced you to become you know, a strong human being because of what you would see on your walks to school.
3: My, my, my private school that I went to, I didn't want to go to private school obviously, because um, my friends, I went to public school. My yeah. mom was very conservative yeah. and very religious. So she put us in these religious schools. Mm-hmm. The problem with mine was it was in a racist Italian neighborhood. Now I had Italians in the Bronx that I was totally cool with. So I was, I was unprepared for that experience. When I went to see these Italian cats, I assumed they were like the Italian guys in my neighborhood and they weren't. Mm-hmm. And then the, the the part that made me very angry, honestly, was I was in second, third, fourth grade, but I had grown men chasing me. You know, I had forty-five year old guys chasing me, not wow. guys fifteen or sixteen years old. So growing up in the in, in the hood, you used to scrapping with guys that's at least a generation of yours, or maybe one higher, but not oh. somebody your dad's age.
2: Yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah.
3: That was that was tough. And then um, what made it more tough was watching the parents walk by and see that happening and not say anything. Because now in my neighborhood, we couldn't chase white guys around and beat them up. Right. Our parents would see that and say, "That's you can't do that here.
2: Right, right.
3: They didn't allow it. Right. So it was a little culture shock for me on that level. And also it made me disappointed with the school because the school should have provided security for us if we're paying this tuition. So immediately my, my, my political game got put on like mm-hmm. second or third grade, immediately, mm-hmm. like, boom. Mm-hmm. yeah you know, I laughed at Archie Bunker show and these kind of TV shows, and I still love them to this day. But that experience was like a wake-up call for me. So the toughness was being able to be tough about it and not be afraid, but also to hold my ground right. and not have it be something that could intimidate me or make me hate Italians or hate white people. It didn't do that to me because, fortunately, I, I already had a, understanding that even in our own cultures, now you got people that are just knuckleheads and Mm. you have to, but you got to watch out for knuckleheads because if you're not, if you can't suss them out, that experience could be expensive.
2: Yeah, okay, let's go to drumming now. In the drumming world, what would be, what are your early influences that really like stunned you in in, in your early life? Outside of yourself? Uh, Outside outside of myself. (laughs)
3: Because when I first heard you play, it was it was stunning. It was it was a you know it was a you know I I I don't have to say this because you're on, but a uh, massive 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 fan of everything, the commercial work that, and also you you inspired us drummers to learn how to write songs, how to produce, how to sing, how to listen to the music, listen to everything control you know drive the bus from the back seat, you know I mean th- those are the things that that in my opinion in your playing because I I would. Pick up records that you were on, but you composed songs or you produced tracks, you weren't just playing, and that gave me the idea. I gotta get on the guitar, I'm after some things, and I gotta think about music. Yeah, and I think about the drumming in another different head, but first comes the music. So I don't, I'm not gonna embarrass you, but that's a fact and that's true, and I gotta say that (laughs) Um, drumming wise, (laughs) drumming wise uh as a as a listener it would be elvin jones because elvin jones captured the things that you just said when i went to see him he -hmm. was the he was the heavyweight champion and he was a ballet dancer
1: Mm -hmm.
3: he he hard swing and he would smash the cymbals as you know but then when he played with brushes it was the most romantic thing you could hear on a snare drum Mm -hmm. so elvin was the first kind of barometer for me to say um you got to get into the sensitivity And you gotta make it still swing and you gotta make it still, even though it's romantic, doesn't mean it slows down. You gotta keep it moving, you gotta keep that motion. So Elvin was the first guy that I studied that. that. But I would say, you know, him, guys like yourself and guys like Billy Carbone, drummers that were also doing more than just playing the drums. It's profound as many guys are. I was into the producer, songwriter, Mm making music with the drum set, making it sound, making it blend with a harp or with a, a tabla or with the orchestra or with heavy distortion guitar or with the light acoustic guitar. And those are the things that uh, you and the guys of, of your generation, I think set an amazing
2: precedent for my generation to to, oh, wow. to, to to research and study. Yeah, thank you. What about like a song like your cult personality with your your fantastic band, Living Living Color? So so powerful, so trend-setting. To this Thank day, you. to Thank this you. day. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. to this day, man. Thank you.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, those, those that record and that song, I think encapsulates all of those things. It encapsulates yourself. It encapsulates uh, John Bonham. It encapsulates Tony Williams. Yeah. You know, I, I, I you know I, I made a salad. Yeah. You know, I made a drum salad out of that yeah. out of that. That sound, a, a great drum. I studied with Kenwood Denard, yes. You know who who uh, who taught me about moving time, making time sound like it can move, but you're not playing those notes. Like that introduction with the quarter note triplet with the bass drum is only to make the sound, this the time not sure where you are, and then bam, in comes the riff. Wow,
2: I love that. that. I love that.
3: Is, yeah. <laughs> 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 so <laughs> those are the things, man. That. The, with Living Color, I, I, I wanted to have the same elements that you mentioned. Sensitivity, yeah. power, yeah. driving the band, yeah. uh, intricate uh, yeah. things, obviously, that come from, from bebop, maybe even us mm-hmm. in jazz and swing. But, mm-hmm. you know, also, man, yes, the fusion stuff, the rock yeah. stuff, the hip hop stuff, and
2: and the James Brown stuff. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm working with a guy now who's a massive fan of yours, and he talks about your oh, wow. feel. His name is Neil Sean. He plays guitar for Journey.
3: Oh, I, I he, love re- yeah. he
2: loves. Yeah. He saw you play with your band, and what you were doing just captivated mm-hmm. him. I mean, he talks about it because he, wow. he he loves the, that that feeling, you know. So I want you to know, you have a lot of fans wow. in the world, man. You have a lot of fans out here. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Nara. Thank yeah. you, brother. Thank yeah. You.
3: Thank you.
2: And then, what about? And for the example, comes yeah. from your earlier question. Oh. Yep. Yep. Go ahead. Oh. Go ahead. I Go was going to ask you. Uh, someone that, that's, that's touched both of our lives as far as playing, and I want you to speak about him, uh, is my, my dear brother, your dear brother, T.M. Stevens, our great bass player brother. What do you want wow. to say about T.M. Stevens?
3: Well, TM's from the Bronx, too. So yeah. we I, our frequencies identify with each other because we, we, we joke about the same pizza shops we used to go eat at, yeah. you know, some of the parks we used to play in. Yeah. Um, but T.M., lovely brother, incredible musician. Uh, as you know, he did a lot of great work with you. Yeah. and And, uh, you know, a, a ferocious bass player. But also, I've done sessions with TM where it's funny because you see TM, and it looks like he's holding a weapon. And then he, we at one of these songs in the studio was this real mellow song. And it was interesting to see TM take this ballad and play it, like, you know, the opposite of his character, of how we mm-hmm. used to see in him.
2: Mm-hmm. So
3: TM was a musician first. Yeah. Great Master of the instrument, great influential bass player. I know at one time in New York, I used to hear T.M. Steve. That was a standard. Yes. You don't sound like T.M. <laughs> You're not playing like T.M. <laughs> You're not doing this like T.M. I mean, it was a time but yeah. T.M. was <laughs> yeah. T.M. was the yeah. that was that was the standard. You had mm-hmm. to, if you weren't on that, every it was T.M. and below. Yeah. You know, no disrespect to anybody who was in New York that like you and I both know, but yeah, yeah, uh, uh, great love him the bits uh i still go see him as much as possible mm-hmm. uh he's on some recordings of mine i haven't released yet that i'm going to release soon okay okay uh but lovely lovely brother and and he definitely uh inspired me even when i was now that i have my moments when i was questioning about some things to live in color and you and and, and i'm gonna say this too you know sometimes you got to have a go-to guy a go-to mm-hmm. guy. tm was also a brother i could call when i was feeling ambivalent about it was like you know man i don't know he would say cow mm-hmm. you got to got to stick it out brother that's mm-hmm. that's it's called mowing the lawn you know the grass is getting a bit high okay. they, you just got to go out there and mow, and mow the lawn man it, that, and there's nothing wrong there's, it's nothing wrong you, you're making a big deal out of it. go out there and mow the lawn get the grass back at the height where you like it and then get on with your day wow but He was also helpful for me with times when i was i felt like i didn't have anybody to talk to personally about things because tm knew the people that i was talking about y- yes just the circumstances yes and he was always very positive never negative and beautiful cat.
2: I saw you in Japan with TM. I don't know where the club was now, but I was just floored by your power and your execution and your love that you showed TM uh, in that club that night. It was packed, first of all. People came because they wanted to feel T's power with you. And I am telling you, you put it down. And I've been your fan anyway. But when I saw that, Then I was really a fan. (laughs) Okay, man. Okay. Thank you, you, man. Thank you, brother. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Thank you. But that was a beautiful thing. And I love his music. And um, uh, uh, he's a brother. I was in Australia one time. I was living in Australia for a little while, taking a break from the States. And I came back and TM called me. And I said, man, how's it going? he said, man, I did a record. And, and I want you to play, I saved this one song for you. I said, sure, man. So I went up to play with Jason Casaro, the, the late, great Jason Casaro, Engineering. And I'm playing the track. And the TM took me outside. He goes, um, check this out, man. Um, I'm going to need you to cut the whole record. Wow. I said, TM, I thought the record was done, man. I thought he says, yeah, but uh, some stuff's got drum machines, man. I mean, how much how much time do you have? And narrative, we... Did the whole record wow. that day oh man okay like 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 that's the love i have for him and the mm-hmm. honesty and 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 he just said look, look man we'll go over it section by section and there's actually it was fun and with the late great jason cassaro engineering you can't go wrong
2: mm-hmm. okay so one last, one last question, and I know you want to play something for us. Uh, my last question is this um your present to the future. What do you want to get into within these next, say, two to three years? What do you want to get into, and how can I be of service to you? What do you want to get into these next few years of your life that's going to be, like, your focus? What, what would you say that that is? Uh, Wow. Now, that's yep. a big question. Okay. Um,
3: I recorded a record in Mali. I yeah. went, I, and I talked to, to you about this briefly before. It's not yeah. mixed yet. Okay. It took 10 years to do okay. Um I did things like driving from Tim, to Bamako to Timbuktu. Uh, it took about five days, flat tires, got lost a few times. But during that trip, I got a lot of sacred music, hooked up with a lot of sacred musicians. I recorded with the, with the, with the Hunters, which is a, a blues 40,000 year old and more culture. You gotta hear this music. It's okay. the the hunters are people who feel your vibration. So people don't like them around because when they when when you come around them, they can tell what you're about. Okay. okay. They go on vibrations. Okay. So I was trying to play with them for years, and those cats. I visited this village four times a year for four years before right. I was allowed to get to to music. Wow. So I got it. And um there's a few things and that music and that trip and that journey there's a very big thing, a big part of what I want to get to next because it has my childhood, living color, the jazz stuff, my trips, my journeys, my downtime. I feel like like this I arrived I arrived at a place now where and in a space where this is the next thing that I think I'm, I want to get into that's gonna take me another. Uh, uh 200 yards downfield so to speak you know what yes, i mean yes yes
2: like it's
3: it's it's a huge thing emotionally um wedding beats uh beats for healthy pregnancies beats for water for rain they're in the music it's nothing you have to feel like is religious or sacred but it's festive it makes you feel good yeah it makes the blood run better it yeah it makes your body your body vibrate in a more positive way and that's the thing that i definitely uh would like to 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 get to and it's and it's Done. and you, I might need your help because I just got over getting it all done I played it for Peter Gabriel I played it for a lot of different artists and they all told me don't put anyone on this recording mix it as it is it's incredible mm-hmm. so depending on how things pan out whether I can either send you some things or I can get out there I want to get to that I want you to hear it there's some gorgeous vocalists on here now okay gorgeous singers okay Diabate, the best chore player in the world Tumani is on it Umo Sangari is singing on it you know, I got this really unbelievable young lady from Gawa. She's from the the farthest east coast of Timbuktu, and it's she almost sounds Chinese. This music okay. almost sounds like Chinese music, and it's North African music. It's incredible. Okay, so I, com- I combine all of these singers and all of these great musicians, and the only American Western musician I have on there is the late great Bernie Worrell. Oh
2: wow! Okay, yeah, I
3: got Bernie. I got Bernie okay. on, on 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 one track, but basically Nada, it's all. Malian cats and a few Senegalese cats but uh, um, I feel like what's happening right now with our vibration on this planet you know how you know a, a lot of information is is negatively being stirred up you know we have a lot of division mm-hmm. uh, I think we're acting out of uh knee-jerk reactions and not out of any kind of spiritual investment Yeah, a lot of things that are happening are are like vengeful you know hitbacks and we're not looking at what happens when you throw that pebble in the water you don't know how far those ripples are going to go out exactly you know so yeah. you got to be careful right. what stone you throw in and what size of the stone and you got to be ready to know is this is going to go out to florida or this is going to go out to china or this is going to go out to japan mm-hmm. you know you got to be ready for the repercussions and the re- so the positive energy we're not concerned with that because we want it all to go out as far as possible yes so the idea with this music is for me to, to toss a positive stone into the into the water, man, so the ripples can go out and and, and reach people and and uh, remind us of of our humanitarianism.
2: Yeah, first, yeah. Before if we, we get into the other things, if we can help you do some mixing on it or whatever you might need, think about us, okay? Oh, uh, and not yeah. you, you know always, brother, always, yeah. and you always offered that to me. Yeah. And
3: and you definitely will will hear from me for sure. I, I certainly will take that in consideration. Thank you.
2: And and I hope you got you or you can get footage. This would be a great documentary. Uh Netflix and all those uh you know opportunities that are in the world now where we can watch and learn from educational standpoint because you're a you're a great teacher. Well, thank you're, you. You're a great teacher. Thank you, Nara. Yes, you are. Thank so you, man. so thank teach you. on, man. Okay, thank you, thank you. Well, I'm
3: gonna call, I'm gonna call you for that as well, okay. man. I do have okay. some footage. I do have some secret things I want to show you. I want to show you okay. this, um, the 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 grandfather of the reggae beat. Okay. Um, and 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 the person who showed it to me is the woman. This woman is the baddest drummer in the village. Oh God. Okay. And I want to show you this pattern she showed me. She sat on my kit and sat down and played it, and I was like, ah! it's so. Wow. Killing man, so when oh, I come man. out and see you, I want to show you that man. And you'll, you'll, it's, it's a faster pattern than reggae, but if you slow it down, you'll go, Oh, so it went from there, then went to Nigeria, and then you know, went all the way to the States, stopped in the Caribbean. And it's a very heavy influence on one drop and on, and on reggae fields. But yes, I have some footage, I do want to put it together, man. And, I, and, and I'll be in touch with you, and, I, and thank you so much for that. Hello, narrator, thanks again. Peace through culture.
1: Thank you, Narda. That was awesome. Up next is Mike Dawson, Modern Drummer's own MD's MD. Take it away, Mike.
4: What's up, everybody? This is Mike Dawson, managing editor for Modern Drummer, and this is the Shop Talk section of the podcast. And this week, I want to talk about the Big Fat Snare Drum Drum mutes. Um, if you haven't heard of these before, uh, I definitely invite you to check them out. You can check them out on the website, but also um, I'm going to drop in some audio demos in this segment. So the big fat snare drum is basically a drum head without a collar and then a rubber, um, rubber plastic ring around the perimeter. So you just throw it on top of your snare drum and it instantly deadens it, drops the pitch so you can get multiple you know, sounds out of one drum. I've used these on tons of recordings, tours. Um, They're really handy to have. So I wanted to highlight a few of the models here in case you're curious what the different models sound like. So the first one is what they call the Big Fat Snare Drum Original. So it's a solid head. You just throw it on top of your drum. So in this demo, I'm using the exact same drum on all of these. So it's a 5x14 Ludwig rocker kit, which has a steel shell. I die-cast hoops on it. It's tuned really high, so you're hearing like... A really high, bright, ringy snare drum for a measure. And then I'm going to throw the mute on. And it's four measures of of the drum with no mute. And then four measures of the drum with the mute. So you can hear, I didn't change the tuning. I'm playing the exact same beat. I'm playing the exact same dynamics, same mics, everything. Minimal mixing. So you can just hear what the drum sounds like. um, Natural and then with the big fat original. So let's throw that on and check it out. cool right so that one the original um, I've used a lot on recordings and surprisingly it doesn't deaden the drum as much as I thought it would there's still some overtones that poke through so the drum still has a little bit of life but it definitely lowers the pitch Um, I think of it as like an instant Steve Gadd sound from like the 70s any drum you can turn it into a Steve Gadd sound word of caution rim shots don't sound so good on it Um, and also um, it does Bring down the volume of the drum. So if you're playing live and you have a front of house engineer, they need to be aware. They might need to boost the snare a little bit in the mix whenever you have this thing on or you just use it for the whole show and it's a great way to tame a really loud drum on stage. Um, so anyway, let's go into the next one. So the next one is what they call Steve Donut. So it's the basically the original big fat snare drum with a center hole cut out of it. So you're actually striking the drum on the drum head surface but there's the rest of the drum is covered with the mute let's check it out same drum same groove four bars without it four bars with it Cool. Different sound, different vibe. Um, Not quite as thuddy, Um, maybe just a little tighter, more compressed sounding. I've used, this is the one that I use live the most often. I've toured with it. It's great for um, if you're just playing clubs, you know, one-offs and you have to deal with different room acoustics. Um, It was awesome for touring in that capacity because it just kind of made the drum consistent, easy to control I think in the 35 days of touring, I only had to tune the drum once to get rid of some overtones that were kind of competing with the room acoustics. So with this thing on the drum, it's kind of a fail-safe. gives you a nice tight focus sound, plus having the hole in the middle, you can still get some rolls and some response out of it. It's pretty cool. That's my favorite one, Steve. the Steve's Donut. Okay, here's a version of the Donut with some jingles in it. They call it the snare barine. So this is the same as the Steve's Donut, so there's a hole in the middle. But there's also tambourine jingles riveted to the surface. This is more of a special effects sound. You'll hear the jingles rattle on every backbeat. They don't, they don't rattle like continuously, so you just get a nice tight jingle sound. So again, here's the drum with no muffling and then with the snare-barine mute. So that's obviously not something you would use on every song all the time for an entire gig unless that was a very particular type of uh, production that you're going for. I use it occasionally um, as as an alternative sound, maybe on the side snare. It's also cool if you throw it on the floor tom for certain types of effects. It's just a cool alternative texture to have in your bag. All right, so let's move on to the last one. This was the one that surprised me the most. This is the Green Monster, so this is a thicker mute so it looks like the original except for instead of being made of like a a thin drumhead material it's like a thicker plastic and it also has a little bit of texture so you can get some kind of brush response out of it this one surprised me with just how much it made the pitch drop so check it out this is the green monster Pretty wild, right? So that's a um, sampling of all the Big Fat Snare, not all the Big Fat Snare Drum, just a few of the more popular models of Big Fat Snare Drum mutes. The original, Steve's Donut, the Snare marine, and then the Green Monster. Hopefully that uh, gave you some ideas about maybe which way you want to go if you're going to order one of these things. Um, they're all cool. They all are made very well. Um, they're easy to carry. You can throw them in your cymbal bag, or just throw them in your snare case on top of the drum. Uh, I always have them every gig, just in case I need to deaden the drum for you know certain stages, or if just the vibe needs to be slightly different. Um, I always have them in my in my bag. So check them out, big fat snare drum, and that's it for this episode. So we'll see you next week. Have a good one.
1: Thank you, everybody, for watching this week's Modern Drummer podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode exclusively on Podcast One. Until then, stay safe and healthy, and thanks for listening and watching.
3: What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it it sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine,